Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Jessica. And I'm Charlie. And today, we've got... (laughs) I don't know what we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the 13 ghosts and Jeffrey. Okay. The Alabama... What is it? 13 Alabama ghosts and Jeffrey. Right. But I've been reading it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not nearly as good as I was expecting. Like, what were you expecting? I don't know. I like was expecting horror and gore. And... No, no. Like, just a scary. Like, I don't know. I've watched all these weird cryptid videos on YouTube, right? And they've got oh, there's Bigfoot, there's this chupacabra, and the story to it is just so like intense. Yeah. Right. These stories, the few that I've read, are not very intense at all. No. And it's like, ah. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just that the fact that the way it was written didn't have that kind of intensity to it. Yeah. But it's more like a, just a simple storytelling. It's not very suspenseful. Yeah. doesn't get you into that moment of, oh no, what's going to happen, and then here's the climax. It's the concise story. If you read it, a lot of them, they said they actually took several different um, renditions of the story, because if you asked many people, you would kind of get different answers. And so they try to take the things that were most concise from all those. Yeah. So I think I think that's what it is because it's really folklore. You're just reading folklore. Yeah, I mean, so when I originally read the description, it was talking about how Jeffrey is supposed to be a ghost from Sloss Furnace in Birmingham, but that's not the case, <laughs> right? I get the book and then I realize the description's wrong. And, but, Sloss Furnace has a lot <laughs> of crazy stories associated with it. Right. Concerning different things that happened there. So there, there's a ghost named, what, oh gosh, I don't know his name. There's a ghost that appears there, and they say he's one of the old foremen that used to work there. Mm-hmm. So he'll attack you, and knock you down, or pull your hair, or do stuff to you while you're at Sloss Furnace. What? Yeah. But, kind of in the same vein of that, there are stories of people... So this, if you don't know, Sloss Furnace is a giant iron um, smelting plant in Birmingham. And it's been shut down for the last 70 years or so. But, during its heyday, they had you know giant steam engines in the bottom to run the systems. They had giant um, casting areas where you... You pour out the, the molten steel and create these little blocks of pig iron that you send to different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they also have these very tall smelting towers where they put all the steel in. And they yeah. smelt it down. And apparently, um, charcoal would build up on the side of these towers. They call it choke. And if you didn't go and knock it off, it would... I don't know if it would negatively affect the way it was burning or if it would just kind of smolder and not produce, you know, not be smokeless or whatever it was. But they'd send people down there on wooden planks. They lower them in in there like a a crane. And they're just standing there, no safety harness or anything. And one day they're in there and they're beating this choke off the side of it with a stick. And when they hit it, it fell off into the molten steel below them and it exploded. Uh, and knock them off of it into the steel. No. Oh, gosh. Right? And then we go to talking about 
the other ghost that now exists since Lost and does this and the other. Yeah. Right? And then we transition back to another person who was eating his lunch and leaned up on one of the steam engines and got sucked up into the flywheel and squished. Right. Right? Yeah. You've heard that story. I've heard that one. But, and then we go back to talking about this. So, there's a, I don't know, there's more interesting ghost stories, I think. And it's only because there's other things that happen there that makes those ghost stories interesting. Well, in that particular place, there were so many people working there, and it was a dangerous job before a lot of safety protocols were in place. I mean, it's true, but the fact that that was the case, and there, there's other aspects. I mean, what makes um, mountain monsters appealing to me? All the intricate stories? The fact that they go and interview three different people, and then they're like... Yeah, I saw this monster and it did this, and I saw this monster and it did this, right? Yeah. There's all this that builds up into it. And you've got just a story that's... Well, it's not it's, a novel, the story. I know it's, it's not, a... but it's telling it from the perspective of the ghost, not from the perspective of the people that aren't there. The only, the most, like, interesting one that I've read... Are you talking about the videos you like? Because the book, it doesn't tell it from the stories of the ghost. It does, sort of. It just kind of tells the story. It tells the story, but who's going to be telling the story? Is it going to be the people that live there all the time, or is it going to be the ghost? And it's telling the history of what happened to the man that died. Right? Yeah. They say, there's a ghost here. This is what happened to him. Oh, he was put in prison because he lost several thousand dollars in his bank. The federal government put him in prison. And everybody arranged to have him escape. But one of the security guards started with his escapement and he got shot. So now he inhabits the old bank mm. that he was at, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing scary in that. It's just like, oh yeah, that's why there's this ghost here. Yeah. Just matter of fact I mean, stories. I, just, I don't I don't. You don't care for it. Maybe that's not I'm your crazy, style. Well, I think you're just, you were looking for more like a drama, right? That's what it is. I want there to be interesting things to captivate my mind as I'm reading the story. And they just wanted to tell it more like a, a news journal of the folklore stories. That's almost how it was. So. I didn't read all of them. I got to, I don't know, the fourth or fifth one, maybe, the fifth or sixth one, maybe. Was that the first book? Or was that in the second the book? The first book. I haven't read the second book at all. But. Was JoJo enjoying it? He asked you to read it. <laughs> he doesn't like the fact that it's laid out as nice as it is the different people's names and the dates and everything just perfectly exact. You know? He doesn't like that? No, because then you're reading it and he's like you get halfway through the person's name and they've got like you know, it's got it every, you know, first, middle last name, born on this date died on this date, married this person first and last name, born on this <laughs> date died on this date. And then it goes into the story. Yeah. By the time we got done with the, the dates and all he was like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> it's kind of like the Old Testament stories. Yeah, when you hit the genealogies. Yeah. Had to have all the genealogies and the lines. That's interesting, though. So what's been your favorite story so far? Or do you have one? I don't have one. I think it's funny how Jeffrey, like, moved the, the chest upstairs to block the door. Was yeah. that in the story in there? That was, like, the prologue. Oh. Yeah... Like, his wasn't even a, one of the stories. They decided to throw it in last minute at the beginning of the book. 
Well, the fact that he's her companion and follows her around. Yeah. And travels with her. When you read the prologue, they were just there and decided to take pictures while they were using a Ouija board. Well, yeah, I know, but... (laughs) They also say that he follows her around and is her travel companion, too. Oh, I haven't read that. Because I thought he just lived in that house. No, he follows her around. It sounds like he's a figment of her imagination. That could be it, too. And her little fake friend, her little imaginary friend. My sister had an imaginary friend. His name was Ben. And he went everywhere with her, and she talked to him constantly. I had plenty of imaginary friends, but I let them be secret. (laughs) I might still have some. (laughs) That look. No wonder you're so weird. (laughs) Lots of conversations. That explains the conversations that you think you had with me that I don't remember. (laughs) Look. Sometimes you aren't paying attention at all. I can be true, but... So is that it? Yeah, that's it. Well, we have local ghost stories. I was wondering if the Sarahland ghost story would be in there. Is it in there? No. I don't think it is. Sorry, so... I guess this will be a story we tell today. So there's Mobile and... Bowling County, not so much. There's apparently some pirate ghost stories or something. But Mobile County has several ghost stories associated with it. Most of them are downtown. But there is one that takes place in Saraland. And if you want to be technical, it's probably more like 8 Mile. But, you know, it's close enough to Saraland to count. And, alright, so the, the, the way it goes is that there is a plantation called Calioca Plantation. And at some point in time, the slave master, the owner of the plantation, got one of the slave women pregnant. And his wife found out about it. So the agreement was is that the woman would go and drown her child in the river to get rid of it. Mm. So that he wouldn't have another child floating around. Uh, floating around. Sorry, that's not nice, but... Anyway. So, apparently, this all played out the way that they envisioned it to. And when the slave woman died, she began to inhabit the river where the child was... or the creek where the the child was um, killed. Because it's Chickasaboe Creek, I believe. And... So she walks around the creek at night, and you can hear her wailing in the woods, looking for her lost child. And if you drive over the bridge that crosses Chickasaboe Creek in that area, sometimes your car can start acting odd as it's going across the bridge. Some people have reported, you know, lights shutting out, car breaking down, all sorts of weird stuff. Did that ever happen to you? No, I drove across the bridge many times, and I've done it on the way back to Mississippi, or back from Mississippi, after getting our cow a couple times. Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. You don't, you don't spur on the supernatural, huh? Somebody still lives in that house. Yeah. They've had so many people show up looking for Calioca that they finally put a no trespassing sign in the driveway. (laughs) I mean. Well, okay then. Is it a big house? 
It's just an antebellum house. There's some pretty ones around here. I, it may not even be antebellum. It may have been torn down and not. rebuilt. I bet it's not. Because years. I don't know... I don't know if I know of any antebellum houses that are historical houses. I don't know. No. I mean, not just anything that I just see off the road, I guess. The one up in Greenville. Yeah. That's not here, in Baldwin County. Lillian has some pretty houses, but I don't think they're antebellum. I think they're more contemporary than that. Like, I remember going to Georgia. We went to that pretty... Was that, would that be considered antebellum? I know they had slaves. He was good to his slaves. Do you remember the name of that manor house? You don't remember? I'm trying to think. I, it's the one in Brunswick. Um, I say he was good to them. I don't think he had many. <laughs> but he would move everybody up north except for one to keep the house. Because he was the one that realized that mosquitoes caught, carried diseases. Back in the day when they didn't believe that. So he had screens on all of his fireplaces, and he had like a screened-in porch and stuff when nobody else around there did. He was a rice plantation owner. The Hopewell Broadfield Plantation. It says they're the Dent family. Well, they had it, and it was a rice plantation, and then after the Emancipation Proclamation and the and so then the slaves were free and they couldn't do rice and so they decided to turn it into a dairy and um so that they could keep it going I never heard any ghost stories from there yeah actually the few that I read none of them had anything to do with slaves mm -mm. there's always either. poor high class people that died and were miserable yeah it was like the contractor that came back to haunt the house because they didn't pay him good. I called him. He was the architect, really. I think he was architect and contractor. And these other different things. Let's see. I'm trying to find this thing about Calioca. Oh, there it is. Alright, so it's on... The National Register of Historic Places. Oh. It's called the Hulk Davis, or Davis Oak Grove Plantation. Oh. And apparently, um, exterior shots of Hayride, the horror movie Hayride, were used, and uh, dead birds were used for the larger home and exterior and interior shots. So the movies have been filmed there. Oh, cool. But it says that due to its proximity to the Calioca Road, it's been called the Calioca Plantation. But it's the Davis Oak Grove Plantation. Okay. And the um, it's a national it's a national historical site. Oh wow! So do they actually not live there then? No, somebody does live there. Oh. But uh, it's not open to the public. It says that it's been there since the late 1800s. It was uh, home to a sawmill, and the mill operated into the 1930s and then was abandoned and later destroyed. The Davis homes and outbuildings were abandoned for decades but survived. 
It says, when June and her first husband bought the Ben Davis home, it was in bad shape and took years to renovate. With the help of a decorator, she turned it into a bed and breakfast quality show place. After marrying Thomas, she began helping complete the restoration of his home, the W.L. Davis house, which is still in progress. That's the current people? Yeah. Hmm. So there's a Ben Davis house, and then there's... I don't know who Thomas is. June and Thomas. Yeah, 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 okay. So he apparently owned one of the homes, and she owned the other home. And so they're restoring both of them. Oh, that's interesting. But, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that's the thing about ghost stories, is that so places don't get lost and don't get forgotten. Right? They create if, a story. Yeah, if you've got something creative that's connected to that. Yeah. That can be something that draws attention, draws some sort of, I don't know, imaginary type experience there. So you're kind of attracted to it and you're more willing to keep it up because yeah. now you've had some and experience. If you've, if you've heard the stories or you hear them after you've had something weird happen around there, you will automatically assume yeah. that that's what it's from. And so now it becomes this sort of site where you can go and look and experience the same thing that may other people may have experienced you know go visit the supernatural or whatever craziness maybe that's what they're for maybe right because without that then you you tend to start forgetting why you know what this old house was for who was there who lived there yeah there's a whole history attached to it and unless there's something that can create a story and then you know connect all that history together it just doesn't have the same effect yeah but I had some friends who swear they have a ghost in their house who's that I'm not going to say who they are but they would tell the story about how he would be down um, in the bathroom in the basement and then he wouldn't have the door shut and all of a sudden it would slam shut and he'd get up real fast and try to catch his wife thinking she was playing a joke on him and nobody was there oh and I don't remember. He told a couple other things. That one's the one that stuck out in my head, though. Usually well, had to do with, like, slamming doors. I don't have any real good stories to tell you. Nah? No. My I'm mom's sure. got one. I don't think I have one. All I can say is that 4 o'clock in the morning is more scary than midnight. For some <laughs> reason. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends on where you're at. I do hate those irky nights or places where the hair kind of stands on the back of your neck and you feel like something's there. Yeah, that's everywhere. <laughs> that's everywhere. That's the feeling of being alone. Yep. But not being alone. So how come we're talking about ghosts and it's not even October? I don't know. It's just a topic that I felt interested in. <laughs> Why do we do everything at weird times? It is hot like Hades out. We're talking about ghosts. Maybe that's why. What's that got to do with ghosts? Because that's where they ought to be. I don't know. It's just... I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I think about... Well, because it would get to be around September, October. We'd start going on the little um, Boy Scout camping trips. And we'd tell ghost stories and whatnot. 
and I had this little ghost. I've still got it. It's a little book of ghost stories, and it says scary but true ghost stories or whatever. Yeah. They are actually pretty scary. Or my dad just told them in a way that made them scary. Or the other. It may be both. But. If you get spooked the first time, you're probably going to have those reminiscent feelings of being spooked later. Oh, yeah. But that's the fun about it. We never did a whole lot with ghosts because, I don't know, a little bit of superstition on the supernatural part from my family. So we kind of stayed away from a lot of that. So everything was kind of spooky for us. But then my kids love Halloween stuff so much. It's pretty hilarious. They pick the Halloween books to read all year long. and they. <laughs> Adelaide's been asking for something to do with a ghost. I can't remember. She wants us to wood carve a ghost or a... Huh. I can't remember now. Help! Oh, she wants to paint a blue ghost. It's one of her new things. Paint a blue ghost. Yeah, she wants the paint out so she can paint a ghost. That's interesting. Yeah. But, I don't know. We done? Sure. Alright, if you like what you have listened to and you want to support us, you can visit us at colesonthecoast.com. Um, from there, you can go to our Buy Me a Coffee page and support us by buying a coffee or two or however many as you want. Um, you can also call Jessica if you're interested in piano or violin lessons. And you can call Charlie Small Engines. We're a mobile small engine repair shop. We'll come to you if you can't come to us. And we'll get you up and running and on your way. Alright guys, we appreciate it. Till next week. Bye.